Welcome to the WP Builds Podcast, bringing you the latest news from the WordPress community. Now, welcome your hosts, David Wormsley and Nathan Wrigley. Hello there and welcome to the WP Builds Podcast. This is episode number 164, entitled The How and Where of Marketing. It was published on Thursday the 30th of January 2020. My name's Nathan Wrigley and I'll be joined in a few moments by David Wormsley so that we can have our chat, the title of which I've just told you. But before then, a few things, a few bits of housekeeping. If you wouldn't mind heading over to wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe. Over there, you're going to find every single which way that you can keep in, keep in touch with all of the things that we produce. And we produce quite a lot on WP Builds. So, for example, there's a couple of email newsletters you can sign up to. One of them will tell you about the content that we produce each week, and it will alert you when we produce it. And the other one will alert you whenever we find out about a WordPress deal. And, you know, they come up quite a lot, and it's quite nice to be told about them in a very short plain text email there's also our facebook group you can click a link there to join over 2400 wordpressers all behaving very kindly i might add to one another and of course there's ways to subscribe to the podcast twitter feed youtube channel and a whole load more so yeah wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe the other one would be wpbuilds.com forward slash deals and over there, you're going to find a whole bunch of coupon codes for notable WordPress plugins. And you never know, if you're in the market for something this week, you might be able to get yourself a few pennies off. So wpbuilds.com forward slash deals. I would, as I do every week, like to add that on Monday, we produce two bits of content. The news comes out very early in the morning UK time, and that sums up the weekly WordPress news. But also 2 p.m. live in the... WP Builds Facebook group and also at wpbuilds.com forward slash live, we have a live show with some notable WordPress guests chatting over the news. And last week it was particularly funny. So join us for that and make some comments. It was it was very entertaining indeed, shall we say. The WP Builds podcast is brought to you today by WP and Up. One in four of us will be directly affected by mental health related illness. WP and Up supports and promotes positive mental health within the WordPress community. This is achieved through mentorship, events, training and counselling. Please help enable WPNOP by visiting wpnop.org. Okay, let's get stuck into today's podcast, which, as I said, is entitled The How and Where of Marketing. One thing to say just before this, David had a fairly patchy internet connection on this particular episode, so I do apologise in advance. I've tried to clean it up a bit, but there's not a lot I can do. It just sort of drops out and fizzles at various points. But what is today's topic about? Well, it's another another episode in the exploration of Bryony Thomas's Watertight Marketing book. I think this is about the 10th or the 9th one that we've done so far. You can read all about the other episodes. There's links in the show notes to all of the other ones just so that you can keep abreast. You might want to do them in order, but you don't necessarily have to. And it's all about where and how should we place our marketing. Uh, we start by talking about the multitude of ways that I try to promote the WP Builds podcast. And it wasn't really until I put this episode out that I, I figured how many there were. It's extraordinary. And I don't even cover a, a, a thousandth of what would be possible. And then we go on to talk about other ways that we might position ourselves and what those messages might look like, different platforms that we might use and how we might use them. Very interesting discussion. And I hope that you enjoy it. 
Today's discussion is called the how and where of marketing. And again, we are following on from a book, which is called Watertight Marketing by Brandy Thomas, where she identifies 13 leaks where businesses can lose potential customers or clients. And we've been working through an imaginary funnel, which is upside down. And we've been starting with the leaks, which are closest to being customers. So we started with a number which were really when Customers are evaluating our services, so they were about forgotten customers, poor onboarding, not having a brand that uh, customers can identify with or relate with, not having a gateway, a trial, or a product letter to our offering, no critical approval, not being aware of third-party objections that might be out there, having no proof of what we do while clients or customers are critically assessing us. And now we've moved on to the whole area of awareness. So we're on the home stretch now. And mm. the last one, we talked about information overload, uh, partly about doing sort of content marketing, useful chunks of helpful content for people. Now we're getting into what we, I think most people think of as marketing, the kind of how and where's and who and how we're going to get our message out there to people. So we're combining for this episode actually two of her leaks, which is how and where. So, gosh, we talked for a long time, didn't we, Nathan, yeah. before we started this? Every time David and I do an episode, we spend a little bit of time chatting before. And usually that it tends to round out about an hour, doesn't it? Whereas today we did about three. We've chatted <laughs> almost three hours, David, uh, in order to get ready for this episode. And yet we still don't have a clue uh, in what order it's going to come. So let's just take it in the order of the, uh, the document that we discussed, shall we? Yes. Well, we could just get to the the meat of this. I'm in it. She's really identifying the leak of not knowing the format that we're going to use to reach our potential audience. And then the where is really about how we get that message out everywhere we possibly can. Really, that's the upshot of what these are two are about. But yeah, we'll go through our document because she highlights some good points. Yeah. Okay. That sounds good. The mm. um. The, the first thing that you've written down is all about kind of multiple formats. Um, so the different ways that we can do it is, should we start there? What kind of different things do we know about? Um, I suppose stretching right back to the sort of things that would have been around in the, in the pre-internet age as well. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it's interesting because this book, isn't it? is going back six years from when we're recording this, so 2014. And she's still, if you like, talking about the fact that people should be get, getting up to date with a lot of the digital stuff, but also reminding us that people still love <laughs> the traditional methods. So and there was a good point she made, which I thought was interesting about larger companies, that some employees will still present to their senior staff briefing documents on something they will need to know mm, mm. and that could that could possibly be relevant if we don't touch print at all we could be missing out on quite a lot really yeah i was listening to a podcast completely unrelated to wordpress the other day and uh, very it was it's a very technical podcast so it is all about the internet and so on and and yet one of the contributors to that despite the fact that they're heavily into um, technology they said i far rather consume my my news and indeed kind of just general reading um, via paper method so it's it's a daily newspaper that he buys he still likes to buy magazines even though you know all of that content could be consumed 
um, on an iPad or a, or a mobile phone largely these days. Um, and, you know, it still likes to buy a book as opposed to reading it on something like a Kindle. So my feeling is that that audience, though, is dwindling. He was the only one on the panel. There was four of them on the panel. And not only were the other guests um, sort of saying, no, well, that's not how we consume things. We we don't buy newspapers. Everything is on an electronic device. But also I think they found it kind of a sort of slightly parochial and quirky that he had that opinion. So I I think that too. I think it is on the decline. My children don't really consume anything uh, in formats that are not electronic. You know, I can't remember the last time any of them came home from the shop with a magazine in their hand. Um, and if there is a newspaper lying around because one of our family members still buys the newspaper every single day, they never pick it up. They're not interested in it. It doesn't have that same kind of pull on them. Yeah. Do you think the, the balance, though, is shifting since this book? Can, because, I mean, at the end of the day, all I ever do is to try and get clients to start thinking about how digital can do so much more for them. Mm. So most of the ones that I know about, they will know about their the trade publications that they'll publish in without thinking. They probably won't measure these kind of things and expose that they need to go to to promote their product or whatever and i'm spending all i have been all the time i've been doing this saying oh you can measure everything online and everything's online and you can be everywhere which you're talking about online i'm just wondering now with the high ticket um service or product that we're talking about where somebody has to make a lot of decisions do you think it's going the other way now where we need to start thinking a lot more about how we could be a little bit different yeah, possibly. Um, and, and I think I suppose it depends on the budget in the project. So your example of like a trade magazine. So let's say, for example, oh, I don't know, you're building a website for some kind of uh, insurance company or something like that. My, my bet is that there probably is a trade magazine. I, I never kind of figured out how these things ever got started anyway. There's actually a, a comedy show on the BBC, which if you're living in the UK, you've probably seen. And each week they take a, a publication, uh, some kind of industry-specific publication. <laughs> so it might be Knitting Weekly or Freight, I don't know, um, sort of Industrial Freight Monthly or whatever. And they, they mock it because it's so ridiculous that a publication like this exists. But I suppose if you're in that industry... You, you you, would very well know if that exists, but it's not the kind of thing I could introduce them to. I suppose I would have to ask the question, look, are there any print things out there that you, that you consume in your industry that I ought to know about? I'm not going to be able to have that conversation in the other direction. But I, for one, certainly wouldn't be advising any of the clients that I have contact with to be looking into putting adverts into newspapers or magazines, not only because... I have no idea what the reach of those things would be. Um, but also, I've, I've never really done that. I've never really worked with print or anything. So I, I, I would be steering everybody towards digital. But like I say, yeah. if if they know of some um, compelling reason to step outside and go back to print or whatever whatever it might be, then, yeah, why not? Yeah, well, I just think, well, people use them in cliche ways, but I just think, you know, that's going to get that point where I think we were talking about this before with greeting cards. You know, I think they've died, you know, because everybody just says, you know, um, happy birthday on the Internet through their groups and, and whatever. Mm. That's that's mm. what we come to expect. So when you actually receive a physical card, I mean, I know it's very much a, a British thing and perhaps a, a U.S. thing to do greeting cards, but. 
because we used to be in that business, it, it was quite interesting to see who was left still wanting to buy very tasteful cards and and have them hand delivered still. You know, mm. it was kind of people who very much uh, wanted to stand out and show that they valued somebody. So I just sometimes think, you know, not not mass. I'm not talking about, you know, shoving leaflets into your Sunday newspapers or whatever, or just shoving stuff about pizzas through people's doors. I'm just talking about, you know, the perhaps we maybe need to think more about print again. It is interesting, though. You, you use the example of I, I, you weren't talking about print, print media being shoved through the door and the uh, the the demonstration that you had was of a pizza one actually you know what if i was building a website for a pizza company i think yeah. i would be telling them right so presumably you're going to produce like ten thousand leaflets and pay somebody to walk around the streets and push them through the door because that is that is literally the, the way that i operate when i want to get a pizza i go to the drawer which is full <laughs> of leaflets from you know all the all the you know, the kebab joints and the pizza restaurants in town uh, and i don't know if that's unique to me or maybe that still carries on in different parts of the world but that is how i do it i don't go on the internet for that so that's quite quirky in a sense but for everything else i do but if i'm ordering a takeaway i go for the physical actual menu that somebody put through my door and so if you didn't put a leaflet of that kind through my door, I will not be calling you. So that's really on its head. But I can't think of a single other way uh, where that holds true. Everything else I would say in my life is is through a, some sort of Google search. Ah, so the key thing really is local. You go because yeah. it's quicker to get a leaflet for your local place that you're going to go and buy your pizza from. That's really it. So you can you could cut down a load of time. And also, it, so this raises another quirky thing. The purchasing decision is a communal affair. And right. so the, the menu hits the table and uh, and they're, they're quite big. They're kind of like, they're usually, by the time you've unfolded them all and got all the flaps and everything out, they're kind of like A3 in size, you know, so they're like, I don't know, 30 centimetres high and about 50 centimetres across. And all the people gather round and go through the list and point and we share, like, oh, what if you, what if you have that and I have a bit and you finish half of that and I'll... Anyway, so the point is, it's, it's a communal thing, but I, nothing else has that same... A delivery mechanism if you know what i mean we we don't pour over things in that way for for anything else so i think that is a bit quirky okay but if we applied that logic then to selling a website to someone do yeah. you think there could be something with delivering some kind of magazine to people who might be interested in having a new site that that can be passed around through different you know directors and whoever's relevant they could actually browse through that yeah do, I, do you think I, I, it might work yes i think there could be mileage in it i suppose the only problem is knowing whose hand to put it in obviously with the with yeah. the pizza analogy literally everybody within a certain geographical radius is a potential customer so just spraying them all out there seems like a good idea so long as they don't hit the bin and they hit the drawer which we call it the drawer of chaos um, if they hit the door of chaos, there's a chance that it's going to be pulled out and I'm going to buy something from you. But, you know, if you're approaching a company, uh, I, I guess there's some mileage to it, but it feels like the, the, the scales, the balance of the scales have sort of tipped in favor of it's a bit of a waste of time um, to, to try and create something for a particular company. Uh, the truth is, I don't really know, but it feels to me like print is probably less and less meaningful 
uh, in uh. just about every single uh, line of business. I, th- I think that's my gut reaction. Yeah, but I'm convincing myself the other way now because I was talking, we were talking earlier, and it's not really in the book, that face-to-face, it, you know, we're talking about how people like to consume their information. So we're talking about the how. And I do think when it comes to a, a, a huge chunk of people who need a website is that they just too busy to get online. So getting in front of their faces, as a lot of people do really well, people like Yell.com or Hibu, I think they're called in the US, maybe in the UK as well. They do that, don't they? They literally have sales force that go out there and they go and contact businesses in their workplaces. Mm. Mm. So if you were combining the two, you know, because I, I'm, it actually works. I mean, it worked on my brother. He went with them because he knows he needs a website and it's, the case with, I think, a huge chunk of the clients that I will get is that I know that they need to have something done, but they never get around to telling me. But if somebody was in front of them, if I was in front of them, they would probably commit to something. I'd get them to the next stage. But I find it really difficult through email. Yeah. But I also think, what about <laughs> the magazine might actually work if you were sending it out to businesses with a call because you would save them the bother of having to go on the internet and search for um, web designers that you might want for what you that's a terrible search have you, you know have you ever tried to do that try and find them yeah yeah if you yeah. wanted to find a web designer it'd be what a nightmare yeah There's so many options yeah, so, yeah yeah it's interesting um I, I i suppose just coming at it from a different angle it feels like the, the the modus operandi for gaining this kind of information has shifted during our lifetime to the point where in, in the past it was incumbent upon the advertisers to tell you they existed before you needed them. And the only way really to do that is to is to use um, something like a paper-based advertising. So let's say it goes into a newspaper, it goes on a billboard, uh, it goes on a leaflet which comes through your door. So at the point where you suddenly need a new kitchen table, you kind of know. And if you didn't know, we had this book in the UK called Yellow Pages, which was a great big yellow book. It was about three inches thick um, that they would leave on your doorstep. And it, it was basically Google for your local area. And, yes. and the point being that all of that stuff was compiled before you needed it. So it was there accessible. Whereas now, I don't need any of that stuff compiled before I need it. I need it when I need it. So I use Google yeah. et al. to go and find what I need at the point I need it. So let's say, you know, I want to buy a kitchen table. I am not going to go through the yellow pages to look up carpenters or furniture shops. I'm going to go straight to Google for that because I like the way it's presented. I like the fact it's interactive. I like the fact that immediately from that search, I can click on something and go directly to their promotional materials, a.k.a. website. Um, Mm. Whereas if I'm using paper-based materials, well, there's a finite amount that you can fit on a page anyway. Um, If I'm using the yellow pages, well, darn it, Try to click on the yellow pages, and I'm telling you, David, it doesn't lead you anywhere. You just get a sore <laughs> finger. So I think that's changed a little bit from the information coming being printed before time, which I might need, to nothing being printed, but at least when I click on the links, I can get what I need at the point that I need it. Yeah. 
You know what? If I, I, I guess, and I thought about this before, but never done anything about it because I'm, you know, traveling around the world. But I would have thought one of the best. Here's my problem. The the thing is, it's fine when you know what you 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 need. Yes, you're going to search for it because you already know. Yes, a lot of the time you're trying to promote something that they don't know they need yet, and sometimes that is a website. Yes, <laughs> you know that their website isn't doing the job that it needs to. So you've got to get before them. So I do think one side of the kind of physical promotion would be in-person presentations. If you were, if you could address kind of these business organization networking places, I'm sure a lot of people do that. I'm sure that would really help to educate people about their businesses as a slot there, but it might tell people who didn't know that they needed a new website. Yeah. I have a a friend, a friend of our extended family who, He's an incredible networker. That is to say that mm. I think pretty much every... he He's into cars. He buys and sells cars, which I think would be quite difficult if you simply were... You know, you had a garage and a forecourt and you would wait for people to drive past. But his technique, and it fits his personality type superbly, is to, is to just go to these networking events and simply explain what he does, where he is. And so essentially he is a an advert. He's a walking advert during that time. I, on the other hand, am awful in those situations. I, I really don't feel comfortable in them. So I end up making a mess of it and looking like an idiot. So, you know, whatever, <laughs> damaging my business rather than promoting my business. But I think that for the right personality type, those networking events can be great, but they just yeah. don't suit me at all. Yeah, and there are times up, and I think they are. You, you have to have local customers for that to work. But right. I, it does have an advantage, doesn't it, it, it over the digital? So I mean, the digital equivalent of doing uh, the, the kind of presentation thing, you, you, it wouldn't work in the same way. Right. So you could put on like we do videos and podcasts and we could even have kind of um, online conferences as well. But people need to search for that thing to found us. Yeah. 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 It's a good point. And I think, I think that's the thing, isn't it? Yeah. I wonder if, <laughs> I wonder if search will even be the, the sort of the way that we do things in the future, because, you know, you go back, um, I don't know, 20 years prior to Google and clearly that, that wasn't a way of, doing anything it was either word of mouth or looking in these publications things like yellow pages or you know some kind of business directory and then the internet came along and we developed this search metaphor and now everybody searches for everything if they don't know something but you're always mindful that history shows that what we've got right now is is not what we're going to end up with just wonder if search in the end will be replaced by some other technology you know it feels like voice search and things like that are just sort of starting to to gain a little bit of traction so the idea that we'd go through search engine pages may may not be the way it's done in the future yeah did you there was a comment by jim galliano on the last discussion that we had where he was talking about i think his example was a plumber and about how he was saying that there were some some local tradespeople who were interviewed effectively on solving kind of problems and that's used as adverts so i just thought there's almost a business in this to advertise for people you know how difficult it is with local tradespeople for them to give you something like copy on a website to be able to sort of promote what it is they do yeah but if you ask them a bunch of questions about the problems that they solve in their job they can talk for hours yeah and give you really valuable information so i think that's what he was talking about and i just thought wow that's quite interesting that you know, there's room in local radio 
you know, to, to sell kind of local services. And I love the format. I love the idea that you could get that kind of information out of a client. I thought, well, even if not, I'm going to do that a little bit more for websites. I'm just going to say, going to ask you a bunch of questions you answer and I'll use that for copy. Uh, what? And that would just be text copy on the website or would you literally be recording their audio and putting that up or possibly with like an attached YouTube video of them saying it to the camera? Wouldn't it be great if you could get clients to do that? But yeah. I just thought it was ingenious. I just thought uh, that was a really good point from Jim. I've not heard that because like you, I don't listen to kind of local radio. But no. if people are doing that, I think, well, it's engaging because, again, it's it's content marketing, isn't it? It's kind of advertising and content marketing. I think that's his point kind of combined together. Yeah. But uh, in a format we're not used to. But Yeah. yeah. I mean, so we're sort of touching and skirting around the fact that there's, well, it, everything that we've said so far seems to have dwelled upon the fact that there's now types of content which feel a little bit um, obsolescent, you know, print and so on. Certainly from everything, mm -hmm. excuse me, that I've been saying, that's kind of the direction of travel. But of course, there's, it's, it doesn't just stop there because the online content, there's so many different formats to that. And we've just touched upon it. So. For example, yeah. it might be that you want to consume uh, text-based content. You want to read it. Or mm. in the case of this podcast, you've got the choice to read it because it gets translated or listen to it. Or perhaps you mm. prefer to watch videos. Or you mm. might want to interact on Facebook. Or you might want mm. to go through Twitter. Or Pinterest might be your thing. The point I'm trying to make badly, I think, mm. is that there's millions of different formats that you well millions is an exaggeration there's multiple different formats um and yeah. knowing which one your customer is most likely to hit upon is difficult and so the it feels like the mantra in in more recent times anyway is just be everywhere all at once but that of course leads to different problems of oversaturation yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're very sensitive to that because we feel like some people are just there too much uh, ourselves. Yeah, <laughs> us, one. we are um, here too much. Yeah, <laughs> we're around too much. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, and I just wonder if that's a, I've seen some people, I don't know if this is really truthful, but just some people that I know or used to follow, you see them cutting down a little bit. And they were the people who used to have that mantra online of be everywhere. And they were, they had everything on automation. So it felt in the early days when they used to follow them and didn't understand how they did it, it did feel like they literally must have spent all day long, literally you know, talking to people on various channels. Yeah. But um, they seem to have disappeared a lot. So I wonder if there was another trend going against that. Yeah, kind of like re reacting against it. I wonder if those people, though, had a, a very large amount of success at the beginning because they were some of the first people to, to bring that idea and they were on the internet in a time when um, internet celebrity was, was just for a handful of people. Whereas now the the capability, well, here's a perfect example, me doing this podcast, the, the technological barrier to doing that is is almost zero now. So yeah. maybe it's just that everything's got a bit watered down. And so, you know, perhaps they were used to, to being slightly more famous, shall we say, and, and it just isn't paying off in the same way that it that it did in the past. I'll give you a um, I'll give you an example of like the, the, the technical capability. So just just using this podcast as an example of possible oversaturation which i it hadn't really occurred to me until we were chatting before this that i may very well be enormously guilty of so you and i record this episode i turn it into a podcast and i i publish it on the wordpress website i write 
a post about that. And then all sorts of little automations come into play. And you, you'll all know these tools, so I don't need to name them. But I have a tool which scrapes the RSS feed every X number of minutes. And it detects that, oh, look, there's a new podcast episode on the RSS feed. It then posts the excerpt from the, the post out to uh, Twitter, to Facebook. Takes the it takes the featured image along for the ride as well. It will go to Pinterest and LinkedIn and all of these other things. Meanwhile, another service that I've that I've got is is scraping the audio and turning the audio from just audio into a video with like a little waveform and a picture of the album. Uh, sorry, the featured image and so on. And then it pushes that out to YouTube and and it could push it to to LinkedIn as well, because they now do uh, videos in that way as well. And then I've got another app, which will be listening for that RSS feed, which will then let me post it, not today, not right now, but far into the future. It will sort of, in the way I've got it set up, it will it will post that information six months from now or a yeah. year from now, just as a little reminder, look, we had this guest on the podcast and so on. And so, Oh, oh, and I forgot. And an email gets produced, which goes out to the list with all of the same stuff. So right there, I've probably, I'm guessing, I've probably done 10 things, but I only did one, which was to interact with WordPress. Every other thing I didn't do. And so the conversation that we had suddenly made me feel a bit creepy, like, oh, (laughs) I'm totally overdoing it. But then, I don't know, am I? Because if you're only on Twitter, then Twitter's the place that I need to be letting you know that we've produced another podcast episode. If you're only on LinkedIn, over there. Yeah. My fear is that you're on all of those things and you just think, oh, good grief, he's at it again. Look, he's posted the same thing in 14 different places. What an idiot. And yeah, and yeah. in that sense, I am. I'm just playing the game. Well, the, I mean, this, I mean, the book certainly is encouraging that that you know don't be she really says don't be afraid of being in multiple places and also there's the the kind of awareness you know thing in her book she's talking about three times you get exposed to something to kind of recognize it so even if you are in three different places and then they, they you're everywhere it kind of helps but i i don't know there is this other side of me that makes me wonder because we've always had this issue haven't we with digital marketing because we can do things so easily it's the quality and quantity sort of Mm. argument and Mm. and quantity seems to roll out so there's no way of necessarily measuring this is there there's no way of knowing so say you you get this turned into a video goes on youtube youtube appears to be doing quite well even though you're doing absolutely no work but is it just stealing (laughs) the people who would see the po- listen to the podcast on iTunes or something else. We don't know. No. There's no way to measure. No, no. Uh, yeah, you're right. And and that that is sort of slightly the fear that I have is that I'm just overdoing it and it, it's just going in. But it wasn't a fear that I had until we started talking <laughs> about it. And then I suddenly realized what was going on because most of these places I don't frequent all that often. I'm not really on Twitter um, you no. know, I, I inspect the YouTube channel periodically and certainly I reply to every comment that comes in, but I'm, I'm kind of like not, not curating it. And so you, the, what you were saying about the quality over the quantity, um, yeah. well, I'd like to think that the podcast was of, of a decent quality, but then hitting like 50 different media channels suddenly 
does make it feel as if it's a bit of overkill. Anyway, sorry, we've, we've gone down a sort of podcast blind alley, which wasn't the intention. <laughs> well, no, but I think it's still a good point. But in the, it's not the quality of the content and where it's been delivered, but perhaps there's an expectation on certain platforms where you deliver it. So the where you post stuff, I'm conscious of this as well because I do my videos and I post them to Twitter, which I never go in or bother to reply to anybody. I don't right. even know anything's happening uh, it's so rude isn't it to do that so i do i have a right to be there it's yeah the same that's as, an interesting as, point as, yeah in other words if you, if you put something on twitter do you need to be curating that and replying to things for, for my point of view because the um because the amount of comments that i've got is so unbelievably manageable it's no big mm-hmm. deal and i can reply to them on twitter my sort of way of coping with that kind of stuff is um is just log into Twitter once every couple of days and, you know, hit the notifications button and YouTube send me, you know, emails to say you've got a comment so I can cope with that. But if you were a big brand and you were posting this content out, yeah, I wonder, you you, you know, you can't possibly keep up with it because you're getting a thousand comments for everything that you put out. Um, I don't know. I don't know what the answer to that is. Presumably, um, yeah, you've got to draw the line somewhere. I don't think it's impolite not to reply to everybody, but maybe if you push put content out but never interact with it ever again, that might be a bit weird. Yeah. Do you know, I'm having the same issue. I'm looking into somebody's SEO for something that's going to be released as a website, and the conclusion I keep coming to, because of just things that Google do, leads me to say they were just thinking they're going to have a this is it. Facebook is all they're going to do alongside their website. That's really all they're going to be active. Now I'm looking at the potential searches and I notice that what features on the search for their product is YouTube videos and lots of, in fact, there's lots of image searching. So instantly Mm. you, I feel that that I have to say to them, you need to get on YouTube. You need to get on Pinterest, (laughs) right? Places which, which might boost their, so in some ways, it's not even just about the, the format, whether it reaches, but there are kind of indirect reasons to be everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And that's interesting, though, that you drew those conclusions. So how did you go about doing that? You you were just sort of carrying out some kind of keyword analysis, were you? Just looking at keywords in yeah. their sector and up came a whole, whole ton of stuff in the organic search results pages, which was Pinterest and YouTube and videos and so on and so forth. Yeah, well, it wasn't in the in the regular SERPs. I mean, largely, you, you can see, I mean, Google's slowly turning into <laughs> um, online America, isn't it? It's kind of, you know, it's becoming its own thing. You, you have to do multiple clicks to get to a website these days because it likes to show its own sort of, it's got its own, for the things that we were looking at, it presented a whole gallery of images. Some were coming through the usually authority sites. Right. So Pinterest was one of those, Wikipedia. Sometimes it would be some of the competition. But that was it, really. I mean, a, a kind of third of the display on the top was all images for this particular search. And then after that came the YouTube videos. So you just thought, well, you're trying to get into the regular listings. Actually, you needed to address the fact that, you know, Google for this particular type of search wanted to present all this kind of media. Yeah, it's interesting that because with the search results pages, just regular text based SERPs, Mm. it's really easy to see uh, what's in return. But when you get images mixed with video, mixed with the regular SERPs, it's difficult to know where that would be positioned 
you know, because the images, certainly on the searches I've been doing lately, the images kind of align themselves across the top. Is that the same in the way that you're doing yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. And so I don't know where the video would slot into, you know, if it was forced to be put in the same search results as the text, I'm not sure where it would be. Like, would it be, okay, the, the most popular video returned here is would only be 50th in the search results pages then you might have a different approach to that. You might say, well, actually, look, nobody's really searching for video. But because YouTube, a, a Google property, is being pushed heavily by Google, um, and yeah. maybe they've decided that somebody like you or I like to look at images um, because that's a history that we have, then maybe maybe those images, sort of, we, we inflate them in our own mind. But it, I, I hadn't really carried out that kind of research so i've not really taken that to heart but if i was a let's go back to your example of well jim galliano's example of a plumber mm. if i mm. searched for my local plumber and i noticed that there was a rival who was doing really good how-to videos i'd definitely be suggesting that not only because uh, i think it would be good for their business but also i just think it's it's a nice new novel interesting thing that they can then put on their website to show authority mm, yeah but i think definitely google's changing isn't it i mean that mm. was it you've got plain text entries from and still for most of the searches that i do that's what it is but for certain searches actually software again when we're looking for software in fact, I often see, you know, the videos that you've done, Nathan, appearing as the first thing that I see. So it says, take a look at this before you go and look at the text links below. Oh, wow. That's that's weird. You know, so it's, yeah. I, I do think Google's changing there. So that's going to have an impact, I think, uh, on on this kind of medium that we're going to need to use to sort yeah. of appear even in SERPs. Yeah. It's interesting. We've got, so you've got Google like keyword research as your kind of weapon of choice. And that's led you to think that a, we need to be listed in uh, search results. B, we need to be on YouTube. C, Pinterest might be a good idea. And, and the list I suppose could go on. Um, if we took ourselves outside of using Google, I, I, I suppose we'd have to be asking the client a lot about this, though, wouldn't we? We'd have to, we would have to be asking yeah. those questions. Is there, um, you know, have you come across somebody in your industry who's sending you uh, print publications? Is there somebody in your industry who is emailing you with online video tutorials? Is there some? Is there something that we don't know about that your industry mm. has in it? That, that we could help you with. And, and it might be that we could turn that into a digital thing. We might be able to smooth the way that you, you know, we might be able to integrate that into your WordPress website. So in my case, let's say that somebody decided, oh, what, what a good idea it would be to put a podcast together. Well, I'd be, I'd be in, I'd be in heaven with that client because I've been there, done that. I know how to do podcasts <laughs> and I would be able to, yeah. to carry that out really effectively. That would be a great add-on service that I could provide. I haven't had a single client yet is that right <laughs> no i haven't who wants a podcast but that would be you know a superb thing and, and the same would be true in all sorts of other ways you know if they wanted print media well i know somebody who could take take that off my hands immediately but you've got to ask those questions yeah the book um talks a little bit about uh, where people are being where people are looking and it's asking to do that research ask ask to try and find out where um their potential clients or customers will be asking questions about mm. the business and be there. I mean, that's it's slightly different, isn't it, for 
what we were talking about where we're being everywhere by publishing this content out like with you know with wp builds going on to youtube because you're not active in those forums um there's not much there well she's talking about it in the book a lot of the time she's i think a lot of the time thinking about trying to be wherever anybody's asking questions which are related to your industry you know where mm. they might be asking so mm. if you, where they might go to ask about a plumber whether they're going to go i don't know um there's lots of different places aren't there lots of different forums where you might ask those questions and be there um i suppose one of the things that we one of the things that we had in our show notes was the, the idea of kind of like running some kind of study uh, to track how their buyers so let's do a real world example like a tile shop or something you yeah. it would be great if they could have at their disposal a ton of data about how those how their customers typically walk through the front door or pick up the phone to them you know um and I, it's not something that i've got myself involved in but i've been on the receiving end of that you know a thousand times asked at the end of a mm -hmm. phone call with my bank would you mind if we just redirected you for a, a two minute uh, questionnaire about about the the way that that was dealt with, or, or emails that I've received after the fact. But that 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 data is supremely useful. In my case, I not really asked clients to gather that kind of stuff, um, or, or and I've only really asked for it once or twice twice when I was really out out of the loop and I didn't really know how to put the website together. But having that stuff would be really useful. And having that as a, a service that you provide, you know, we, we will we will conduct the, the survey for you so that your website is better and you've got a better understanding about your business. We'll we'll create the questionnaire and so on. That could be that could be a useful little add-on service. Yeah, and certainly amongst the clients that I know of who let me know this information or where I get an insight. That I'm really surprised how few. But then I'm, I guess I shouldn't be because I don't. Um, they don't know or don't ask people or don't know where they're they're customers have come from in the first place how they mm. first learned about them so you know it would be interesting to do it ourselves i think it's fairly easy in your case you have a good insight to where yours have come from yeah i mean it's because my business is mostly local it's pretty easy and and often it'll be somebody that's been referred through some other person so that connection was easy to understand but as I suppose as your business grows geographically and you have less less of an understanding of where these people are or how they got there, uh, carrying out that kind of stuff is is interesting. The only the only downside I think is that 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 I think gathering that information could be quite a demoralising thing. And what I mean by that is, I don't know how willing people are to spend two minutes filling out your survey. Certainly when I wander through my local town centre, there's always a little phalanx of people and they're usually wearing some kind of like bright bib and they've got a clipboard <laughs> and they want to they want to ask your opinion on everything. It might be politics or it might be bathrooms and this is this is that happening in the real world. Um but and and I'm really reluctant to speak to them. I just can't get into the swing of of talking to a stranger <laughs> about some something that I wasn't thinking about five seconds ago. But I suppose asking this information from clients who've already been through your process, you know, that you've 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 built a website, it was successful, they're happy. Why not? Why not ask them at the end? Uh, it works for our yeah. business, but I don't know how it would work for the tile shop example I gave a moment ago. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have enough clients really to get anything from it, really. Mm. It's mm. Uh, that that's, that's, that's the thing. So we need to do research. But I just wonder about you know how he might kind of 
it's one of those difficult things. If I'm trying to encourage people to get more into digital marketing and get into all of these things, so they won't be aware of things that you do for WP Builds, this whole kind of repurposing and sending things out everywhere. Most of the clients I know wouldn't kind of know that that actually happens. Mm. But then I would always have this difficulty of, of knowing how much time to encourage them to put in or money to get me to do it. I, I should encourage them to do in terms of trying to get the returns. And that's one of the difficult things, isn't it, with this? Yeah, it was interesting. I was chatting to a client, well, it's probably about six months ago now, and they they were hoping to embark on a sort of blogging spree. That They'd kind of got the inspiration that they wanted to blog in their industry and write articles that might get them some some. Well, clients, patience is more the right word because it's kind of like a, mm. a practice where she, she does massage and things like that. Um, and she she was talking and we were talking and, and I didn't even talk about the whole repurposing of the content. She just said, oh, of course, and then I'll, I'll, I'll post it on my uh, Twitter channel. And then that opened up the conversation. Oh, interestingly, you, you know, all of that stuff can be automated. And she, oh, really? You can post it. So just completely unaware that it was even yeah. possible. And yet I I was so oblivious to the fact that this was important because to me it was second nature that you could achieve this right, really easily, set it and forget its style, that, um, that I didn't even mention it. Of course, to her, it was a complete revelation. Really? I don't have to do that? Really? The emails can be automated? Really? And um, I, d- I don't know whether she took off on that or not she certainly took the names of the uh, the, the plugins and the services that i'd use but whether she did anything with it i don't know yeah well this is exactly the same thing i was talking about when i was doing the keyword research it's the same thing when i'm introducing the fact that perhaps they need to be and i had to throw in i don't know how this is going to go you know whether they're going to come on board with this but <clears throat> they really were thinking they were just going to do the the one social media because i'm sure they were thinking about the time that's going to take for them to do it, you know, introducing the idea that you could set some of these you know, on <laughs> just to automate those and, and have that build up your general domain authority. Mm. That's really quite difficult to get over to somebody that they can do all that. But yeah. it is about us knowing those tools. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, yeah. Um, re- returning for a minute to the survey idea or polling your customers or audience or whatever it might be, I suppose mm. we have kind of entered a, a period where a lot of that stuff can be automated as well. And what I mean by that is, you know, if you can, if if you're able to and have understood or would, you know, you've implemented in the past things like a Facebook pixel or you've run mm. some kind of targeting and and you've looked at that data. I suppose it doesn't need to be uh, it doesn't need to be as hard work as it once was. I'm no expert at this, but obviously, you know, I have an understanding of what's possible with Facebook and Facebook audiences. And, you know, you could I, for example, could quite easily target all the links on the WP Builds website. And then should I in the future launch a product or something like that, I would then have all of your emails. And so my message hopefully at that point would be highly targeted and I wouldn't be spraying things, posting things through doors, wasting money on print adverts, wasting money on generic adverts. I should be able to target the people that I want. Again, um, not something that I've really dabbled in too much. Whenever that need has arisen, I've handed it over to somebody, again, in my local area who I know is very capable at doing that and really enjoys doing it. Um, But increasingly, 
you've um you've got the option of really not wasting time trying to get to everybody all at once you can you can go to exactly where they are and give them mm. the content that well let's hope is of interest to them at the time that they're ready to consume it yes okay. across all their multiple platforms yeah yeah exactly yeah that i <laughs> five times that's, a day it's that that's <laughs> i i wonder about that though i mean i i dabble a little bit like i said in twitter a tiny bit, maybe like twice a week, and a tiny, tiny bit in LinkedIn, maybe once a month, but a lot in Facebook, multiple times a day. So for me, being hit up with adverts in Facebook is going to be the way to go. But I suppose only time would tell. You would have to target these these uh, advertisements or promotional things that you wanted to put out. I suppose you'd have to push them to all the different platforms, you know, your Google ads, your Facebook ads, your LinkedIn ads and just see what what happens over a period of time you know after after six months not only did we not get any clicks on linkedin but there were no even not even any impressions well all right nobody's on linkedin then youtube totally different story thousand impressions and 58 clicks great that's where we're gonna go yeah do you not always feel there's a there's always a kind of um, one new marketing to one new social media that is the one that everybody's ignoring and you should be into that because that's giving great results. Yeah. Um, that always seems to, there's always that. And I, I'm always suspicious because it's never kind of aiming at anybody in particular. I think clients that I know do their best to try and understand the social media platforms that they think what they're doing is going to be most relevant to. And then you always hear it's entirely the opposite, really. So what's the, uh, I've even forgotten the name of it. This is how dreadful I am. But there's, what's the one that you only use on the mobile app that's all photos? Oh, uh, there's, there's Pinterest. Well, there's, there's Pinterest is all photos, but there's a desktop app for that. There's, um, yeah. I don't know. I, I do know, but I don't know. It's also gone from my head. But I, I take your <laughs> point. The, my kids who are, you know, they, they're young, but they're old enough to have technology. They, yeah. they, not only do they not use Facebook, they are, um, they're, they're adamant that nobody else uses it. You know, I, I, I've <laughs> yes. had these conversations before, you know, so does anybody have a Facebook account? And they're like, you know, <laughs> duh, Facebook, nobody uses Facebook, you know, that kind of thing. But, and yet to me, that's clearly what everybody uses. Email, duh, nobody uses email. My, um, my children... Snapchat, Instagram, Snapchat, sorry, they're, they're, there you go, yeah. My children yeah. massively interact with Snapchat. They uh -huh. never use email to the point where, I do mean never, it might as well be removed from the phone. They never use Facebook. It's not on the phone. They don't want to put it on the phone. They never ask me, should we put, can we put Facebook on? Because nobody's using it. So yeah, this is a real problem. I mean, there's this, this other new one going around at the moment. It's probably not that new, but I keep hearing stories about this platform called TikTok, which I think is a, mm. um, a video platform, but I don't know. Uh, I think it's out of China, <laughs> but it's taking the world by storm. Well, it's not taking my world by storm. It's taking all the, the cool new kids by storm and presumably people who write tech blogs and things like that have to look at it all. But you're right. The, the, the next platform is just around the corner. Oh, boy, you've opened a can of worms there. <laughs> Instagram is the one that I was really thinking of. Ah, everybody keeps saying it. that should be. 
where and put in the uh, the time into it and i just yeah i don't get it well That's it's interesting problem. as well so check out check out how lazy i am the 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 tool that i use to push content so i produce a podcast it creates a twitter uh, facebook a whatever all of these mm. things it can also produce an instagram one but because instagram mm. is just an image you're not allowed to do the text so you have to set i would have to set up a separate one for instagram and it's like ah, i just can't be bothered that's <laughs> just can't be bothered I, I can't see anybody looking at a picture that i would produce about wordpress about a podcast i can't see a connection there oh look a photo from the WP Builds podcast. I must go and listen to the podcast or read there. I just can't see the connection. But if it was like a photo of, I don't know, um, Daniel Radcliffe jumping off a bridge, well, all right, that's interesting. Like So I just, and you know, if you're producing cakes, if your job is to make cakes, that would yes. be great. Instagram all the way, but not for me. <laughs> yeah yeah instagram does seem to be the one that seems to be getting pushed a lot or at least that's what i keep reading but yeah. who knows yeah I, we're just down one stream aren't we each of us we're on our own particular journey because everybody's done their digital marketing thing correctly right and i guess having the, the metrics and learning from these platforms where your audience are is the is is the the sort of goal you know to learn that everybody's on instagram so blooming well use instagram um is is the is the message you know boy we've talked yep. for 50 minutes already okay we definitely better go we're done and dusted aren't we yeah i think so i mean we had a lot more to say to be honest but um i don't think i don't think we possibly can <laughs> let's leave it there shall we right that's it. I hope you enjoyed the episode this week. Always interesting chatting to David Wormsley. We've got a few more episodes in this watertight marketing series, as I said, by Bryony Thomas. And after that, we'll be changing the format a little bit and we might be doing some more debating type content. So we, we take a different position each week and uh, sort of fight it out. We'll see, see if that comes about or not. But I hope that you enjoyed that subject anyway. Don't forget that we'll be having another podcast this time next week. Bookmark it. It's Thursday. The best way to do all of this, of course, is to subscribe to us on your favourite podcast player. Do that at wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe and you'll see a whole bunch of platforms. You can just click the link and get subscribed. And we'll be back on Monday for a news episode. And of course, we'll have the live weekly WordPress news in the Facebook group or at wpbuilds.com forward slash live. So I hope that we'll see you at some point. If not, maybe here next week. I'm going to fade in some very cheesy music and say bye-bye for now. Bye.